here, and it is a joy to open up God's Word with you. This afternoon, many of you are aware, we're continuing our book of Job through our series of Job. For those of you that are new, Job opens up with a man who has been named blameless before God, but yet God, uh, Job has lost everything. He has lost his family. His kids have died in a terrible accident. All his possessions have been wiped out. He's in severe pain, and he has three friends, we could call them, Alphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, who have been trying to help him. But they're basically saying him to him, his current pain and suffering is only because of sin he's done. Uh, we've been looking at, basically their summary is, good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people. Job, bad things are happening to your life, therefore you are bad. And Job has been going back and forth with them for the majority of our book so far. And as you can see at the top of your outline, there's the map of Job. And we are in Acts 4. We're gearing up to this new character, Elihu. And we'll be hearing about him in a couple weeks. But right now, in chapter 30... 29, 30, and 31 are basically Job's closing statements. Last week we looked at 29, and Peter did a a wonderful job. If you weren't here last week, I'd recommend you go listen to it. It was really good. 29, basically a summary is how good things used to be. This week, a good summary is how bad things are now. And then next week, we'll look at 31. Peter's going to be looking at 31 and says, why I don't deserve it. And then in 32 to 37, Elihu is going to be responding to what Job has been saying these last three chapters, and as well as to the friends of what they've been talking about through the whole book of Job. But this afternoon, we're zeroing in on the middle chapter of Job's closing statements. And as you can see on the title of the outline... Job is crying out in a cruel world. And I want to pose that question to you. Have you ever felt that life has been cruel to you? Have you ever felt like crying out? Have you ever find yourself crying out, Why is this happening to me? Why? What have I done to deserve this? I've shared this story in in multiple ways, uh, just about the experience Amber and I had with Silas's birth, but I'd like to share it, focusing more about how life felt during that time. Uh, Some of you are aware that our son was born and had to spend 12 days in the neonative intensive care unit, aka the NICU. in, In Danville, which is about an hour and a half away, that's the closest a NICU unit to State College. But what you might not know is before that is that we had a miscarriage. Now, two years before that, life felt cruel from that miscarriage because we didn't know why. And then we were anticipating, just looking forward to when the Lord might bless us again. And we kept saying, why, God? Why? Life was feeling cruel. And finally, when we were blessed for Amber to get pregnant, life was starting to look good again until at the doctor's office we heard words that felt cruel again. The doctor says, I'm not sure what's going on. 
Your son should be measuring bigger than what he actually is. Come back next week and we'll do some more tests. Amber was at full term, but Silas was, Amber had to be induced and Silas was born at four pounds, six ounces. The next 12 days were pretty roller coaster. We weren't sure what was going to happen. Early on, it was like his blood sugar was high and then it dropped drastically low. We weren't sure what was going on. Then he got transferred, as I mentioned, out to Danville and was 12 days in the uh, intensive care unit for infants. And I drove out there for two weeks. Amber was fortunate enough to find a family to stay with. But in the car on the way there, I was crying to God and saying, God, why is this happening? Why does my son have all these tubes coming out of him? What's going on? Have you experienced cruelty? Have you experienced the need to cry out why? Maybe it's the cruelty of hard relationships or maybe even no relationship. Maybe the cruelty of studying for hours for an exam only to fail. Children, have you ever had a toy taken from you? Didn't that feel mean? Adults do. Sometimes toys get taken from us and that feels mean. How do we make sense of life when it feels cruel? And I think Job gives us a picture. He's encouraging us to keep crying out in a cruel world. Specifically, as we look in, verse, in chapter 30, we'll see Job experiencing cruelty from others and then cruelty from God. And then finally, making sense of cruelty. But before we begin diving in the passage, let me open this up in prayer again. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to study this passage. Lord, I don't know what we as a congregation are going through individually, but I pray that this passage would encourage us to keep crying to you, especially when life feels cruel. Lord, we ask this in your son's name. Amen. If you have a pew Bible, we are on page 279, and we're going to begin by looking at chapter 30. Let me read, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read the first 15 verses. But now they laugh at me. Men who are younger than I, whose fathers I would have disdained to set with dogs of my flock. What could I gain from the strength of their hands? Men whose vigor is gone. Through want and hunger, they gnaw the dry ground by night. And in, and in waste and desolation, they pick sawwort in the leaves of bushes. And the roots of the broom tree for their food, they are driven out from mankind. They shout after them as after a thief. In the gullies of the torrents, they must dwell. In the holes of the earth and of the rocks. Among the bushes they bray. Under the needles they huddle together. A senseless and nameless brood. They have been whipped out of the land. And now I have become their song. I am a byword to them. They abhor me. They keep a law from me. 
They do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me. Because God has loosed my cord and humbled me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. In my right hand, the rabble rise. They push away my feet. They cast up against me their ways of destruction. They break up my path. They promote my calamity. They need no one to help them. As through a wide breach they come, amid the crash they roll on. Terrors are turned upon me. My honor is pursued as by the wind, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. If you were here last week, do you hear how drastic life for Job has changed? Chapter 30, Job was a man of respect. People would listen to him as he walked in. They were silently wait for him to speak. But now, Job shares about the cruelty of others. And this first one starts with a, st- a striking contrast to 29. But now. But now. It's a present tense, whereas 29 was a past tense. And what is different? Job is feeling cruelty from others. Well, let's start off by saying, well, who are these others? Who are these others that are cruel? It is the men that used to listen to Job and kept silent for his counsel back in chapter 29, verse 21. But they're not silent anymore. Do you see what they're doing in verse 1? They're laughing. They're laughing at Job. This is countercultural. Older men should be respected, not laughed at. I try to teach my kids to respect adults, to listen to to others that are older than them. Well, what else do we learn about these men? Job would have disdained their fathers. Their fathers weren't even good enough to be with the dogs of Job's former flocks. This is a very low job to be a shepherd. And Job was saying their fathers weren't even worthy to be with the dogs of my flock. Job continues telling us more about these young men who are laughing. In verse 3, they are hungry enough to gnaw at the dry ground at night. Their food is salty vegetation and other wild plants. They are driven from humankind. Why are they like this? Verse 2, men whose vigor is gone. Another way of saying that, they don't care anymore. They've given up on life. They are worthless, these men. Where do these worthless men live? In verse 6, places that easily flood. They live among bushes. They are worthless men who are nameless and are wiped out from the land. Job gives them even a special name. He says a brood, a nameless brood. Something you would give to snakes. Who in your life is a worthless person? Would you name someone in ISIS maybe? Jerry Sandusky? Children, maybe even your siblings? Right? You don't want them around. Imagine 
Job said that these men are people that we wouldn't even let go with the flocks. Imagine letting these people take out your trash. Like, they're not even worthy to take your trash out to the curb. In addition to laughing at Job, Job expands about the cruelty he's experiencing from others. Did you see it in verse 9? And now I have become their song. I don't think this is a song of adoration. This is a mocking song. Children, many of you may have seen the Disney version with Robin Hood, the the fox. Do you guys know that movie? Adults, have, you may not have seen this movie. The I, I forget the subtitle of it, but it's the Disney cartoon version of Robin Hood. There's a song in there. You know that, David? That's a fun song. There's a song in there that it's a mocking song. I like it too. It's a fun song. There's a song in there that the outlaws, little John is riling up the host of outlaws with him. And it is the phony king of England. They're singing about the prince John, the man that should be respected. They're mocking him. That's the type of song they're singing about Job. In addition to singing songs, verse 10 says they abhor Job. They're keeping away from him. They don't want to be near him. They're laughing. They're mocking. Just abhorring him. Keeping to distance. A man they once respected, they spit at now. Job continues sharing about the cruelty. In 11 to 15, they are now actively against Job. Not only are they keeping their distance, not only are they laughing and abhorring him, they have no restraint anymore in his presence. Job describes them as a rabble. They push away Job's feet. They cast up against Job destruction. They're breaking up Job's path. They're promoting calamity. They're crashing in on Job's life, seeking to destroy him. That's cruelty. But what would that look like today? As I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, Amber had a miscarriage and it was several years before she was pregnant with Silas. It would have been cruel for someone to come up and saying, you know, has Amber stopped taking her prenatal vitamin? Like, are you guys relaxing? Like, what's going on? Or have you read this article? Or have you read this blog post? You're obviously doing something wrong. They're trying to be helpful and possibly asking questions or making suggestions. But in reality, they're actually hurting. When have you been hurt or cruel? Have others been cruel to you? When have you felt crushed by others? Job is experiencing cruelty. But did you notice the cause of their cruelty? Did you see it? Look again at verse 7. Or, I'm sorry, verse 11. Because God has loosed. Job is saying the experiencing cruelty that he's getting from others is because God has allowed him to be in this situation. God is feeling cruelty from God. 
I added a question mark to this point because Job feels cruelty from God. But from the rest of Scripture, we know God is at work for good in His people. But it often doesn't feel that way. So as we transition to the next section, there's three ways Job feels cruelty. He feels the cruelty of silence, then the cruelty of unfairness, and finally, the cruelty of disease. Follow along as I finish the chapter, starting in verse 16. And now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken hold of me. The night racks my bones, and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. With great force my garment is disfigured. It binds me like the collar of my tunic. God has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry to you for help, and you do not answer me. I stand, and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. You lift me up on the wind. You make me ride on it. And you toss me about in the roar of the storm. For I know that you will bring me to death into the house appointed for all living. Yet does not one in the heap of ruins stretch out his hand and in disaster, and in his disaster cry for help? Did I not weep for him whose days was hard? Was not my soul grieved for the needy? But when I hoped for good, evil came. And when I waited for light, darkness came. My inward parts are, my inward parts are in turmoil and never still. Days of affliction come to meet me. I go about darkened, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I am a bother of the jackals and a companion of ostriches. My skin turns black and falls from me, and my bones burn with heat. My lyre is turned to mourning, and my pipe to the voice of those who weep. Job is addressing God in that situation, saying, God, I'm feeling cruelty from you. He starts this section in verse 16, and now. It's another present tense term. And he shares physically what he's going through, and he's addressing God directly. He says in verse 16, my soul is poured out within me. I'm in anguish. I'm in affliction. Day and night, constant turmoil. Right? During the day, days of affliction have taken hold of me. 17, the night racks my bone. Day and night, constant pain. What does some of that pain that he could be experiencing during the day? Not sure. Could be responding back to the cruelty from others that he was receiving and the mocking. But he's experiencing cruelty cruelty and affliction. He continues in verse 18. His garment is disfigured and binding him like a collar. He's being strangled by his own clothes. And that's a contrast. If you were here last week, do you remember 
what his clothes were from chapter 29. Verse 14, Job, when he was doing well, he was clothed with righteousness and justice. But now he's disfigured and clothed with affliction and no rest. He's being strangled by his clothes. He's strangled by pain and not able to rest. And what's causing this? Look in verse 19 and through. God has cast. I cry to you, God, you don't answer me. I stand before you, God, and you only look at me. God, you have turned cruel to me and persecute me. God, you will lift me up and toss me about. God, you will bring me to death. God, this is your fault. You're not answering me. What's going on? He's crying for help, and in return, God is giving him silence and persecution. Silence can be cruel. Have you ever heard the expression, the silent treatment? No? How many of you ever given the silent treatment? Right? Basically, if you're mad at someone, you just ignore them. You don't speak to them. You may stare at them. Or maybe if someone else is there, you talk to that person, to the other. You talk through someone else. Words have value and a lot of meaning. And if my wife were to give me the silent treatment, it would feel cruel. And that's what Job is crying out. He's saying, God, you're giving me the silent treatment. As Peter mentioned last week, it's a good possibility that Job was written before Moses and other scriptures. So he doesn't have the benefit of other scriptures. In that situation, when I was feeling God's cruelty driving out to Danville and saying, God, why is this happening? I was able to find comfort in remembering God's words, singing songs about God. And so for Job, it must have been really gut-wrenching to only have silence and not know what's going on. Have you ever felt silence from God and saying, God, this is cruel? But in addition to cruelty of silence, God, Job is also saying, God, you're being unfair. In 24 and 26, through 26, he says, God, when someone is in ruins and they stretch out their hand and cry for help, do you remember in 29? I wept with those people who had hard days. I grieved for the needy. He's saying, God, come on. I cared for people better than you are caring for me. He's not laboring the point, but he's just offering an observation saying, God, come on. I know how to care for people who are in need better than you are. In stating God's unfairness, he's still crying out for help. You know, life has seemed unfair. Right? 
when I was driving out to Danville, that's often when I was saying, God, this is unfair. I serve my church. I help those in need. Why are all these other families having perfectly healthy kids? Why? And Job says in 29, I, or I'm sorry, in verse uh, 26, I hope for good and evil came. I waited for light and darkness came. This is unfair. What I'm looking for, I'm getting the exact opposite. Have you ever cried, God, unfair? Children, have you ever felt life is unfair? No? You mean if David gets a bigger dessert than you, that's not unfair? Oh, uh, yes, right? Life can feel unfair. What do you do when life seems unfair? Do you complain? Do you cry out to God? Job is feeling the cruelty from God in silence and unfairness. And finally, he's feeling the cruelty of disease. disease. Starting in verse 27. Do you see that? My inward parts are in turmoil and never still. His skin, he goes around darkened, but not by the sun. His skin is turning black and falling off. His bones are burning with heat. He's possibly running with the fever. His skin is falling off. Doesn't sound pleasant. Job is no longer happy, but he's crying out. He's weeping for help because life has turned cruel. Life has turned cruel because others have turned against him. They are mocking him. They are laughing at him. They are physically against him. Life has felt cruel because God has been giving him silence. God has been seemingly unfair. And he has a disease. He feels life is cruel. What about you? Do you feel life is uncruel? Do you feel that you have so many plates spinning in the air that you can't drop one? Things here at church, things at work, projects that need to get done, things at home with kids... Sunday school, getting to growth group. Now, for me, I'm going to add a sick wife to that with the chronic disease. I feel right now life is cruel. I'm not saying that to say sympathy. In fact, even this morning, trying to get my kids going They're, they had to clean up downstairs and there was a lot of arguing going off back and forth and I didn't always respond graciously to them but life was feeling cruel how do we make sense of a life that feels cruel what do I do what do you do there is hope 
And that is what I want to end and point you to. And this last point, making sense of cruelty. This may be a, a da statement. Cruelty makes sense only because of Jesus. I don't mean to belittle suffering and life can be cruel. Some of you are probably experiencing a lot of suffering and cruelty right now. But rather, what I want to do is when life feels cruel, I want to encourage you to cry out to Jesus. Listen as I read from Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with the second part of verse 1. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Jesus endured cruelty from others unjustly. He didn't deserve it. I don't have time to go into detail, but I encourage you to look at Matthew 27, Mark 15, Or Luke 22. It is the description of Jesus going to the cross. Roman soldiers beat and mocked Jesus repeatedly. Jesus, well, before that, Jesus was betrayed by one of his closest twelve. The high priest brought false accusation against him and laughed at him while he hung on the cross, mocking him. Crowds who had just worshipped Jesus the week before are now yelling, Crucify! Jesus endured cruelty from others. But he also endured the full cruelty of God. Jesus endured cruelty from God. Hanging on the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is a quote from Psalm 22. Listen to Psalm 22 as I read it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cried by day, but you did not answer. And by night, I find no rest. Does that sound like Job? Job could have written that. Jesus is saying, God, I cried to you by day and I got silent. I got silence. I found no rest. Jesus was also disfigured. His garments were stripped on him and he was literally being choked as he hung there on the cross. We feel cruelty from God. And brothers and sisters, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... It, can, it feels cruelty from God. But actually it's not. God's full cruelty has been poured out on Jesus for you. Continuing on in Hebrews, he says, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. 
For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. For it, it is for the discipline, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. You may have forgotten this, but that is a quote from Job chapter 5. Eliphaz is giving that in his first speech. He's reminding us that God actually does discipline his sons. Life can feel cruel. But that's because God loves you and he wants to develop you to become more and more like Jesus. When we feel cruel, Hebrews says, no, God was cruel to Jesus. We are being treated as God's children. Because he loves us. God, in, chap- in verse 10 of chapter 12 of Hebrews, God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. And it goes on to say, discipline does not seem pleasant, but it's opportunity for training. So, how do we make sense of cruelty? It's when we look to Jesus. Jesus experienced the full cruelty from others and from God. So God won't be silent to us. In fact, it says that when we go to heaven as brothers and sisters, that God would say, well done. Why do we keep going back to Jesus in, in Job? Job's not, or Jesus isn't mentioned in Job everywhere. But Job points us to Jesus. Job is a good picture of crying out in a cruel world. And as we get further on in Job, God will answer Job. And it's going to be fun, somewhat, going through it. So, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. When life feels cruel, keep crying out to God. Because He listens to us. Because of Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have poured out full cruelty on Jesus. Lord, that you have called us sons and daughters. And that you are training us and disciplining us to become holy. And Lord, if we are suffering, if there's uh, people in our congregation that feel life is cool right now, I pray you'd encourage them. Lord, help them to share with others in the church that we can remind each other of Jesus and encourage one another as we pursue him. We ask in your son's name. Amen.